We're in a series, and including it this morning, entitled The I Am's of Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus in His Own Words. And this whole series that, that Jesus actually gave in the book of John was meant that people not only in the New Testament era, but throughout the ages, would get to identify Jesus for who he truly was. Jesus would make all of these, these seven claims, these I am's in the book of John. And every time he gave them, he wanted the people that he was speaking to, and now people like you and me thousands of years later, to understand this is who I am. Because if you understand who I am, you will know how necessary it is to believe in me. If you don't understand who I am, you will not come to believe in who I am. And whether you believe in me or not makes all the difference in the world regarding your eternity. It's a big, big deal to understand who Jesus is. Jesus says, as we conclude this series this morning, I am the resurrection and the life. Well, one of the most powerful I am's, I believe. If you wanted to rank them, you've got to be a little bit careful about ranking them. But this is a biggie. In fact, the Bible tells us, Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 15, that our, all of, our whole faith, our whole theology, our whole relationship with God, everything we believe is based on Jesus as the resurrection. You need to understand that. That's how important it is to believe in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You can believe in a lot of things about God and a lot of things about Jesus, but if you do not believe that he is the resurrection and the life, you're hurting and you don't even know it. And this morning I hope to explain to you and with you how from the Gospel of John, and specifically John chapter 11, in fact, if you want to open that Bible in the seat in front of you, it's 40-some verses. We're not going to read all of these verses this morning, but after you hear this message, promise to read it sometime today. The whole story of John 11, because I'm going to be referring to that throughout the message, because the context is, is simply this. Jesus... Uh, the human side of him needed relationships just like you and me. Maybe there are people that you're going to somebody's house today because it's Easter and, and you're kind of close friends and you're tight. Or maybe there are people you hang out on New Year's Eve or sometime during the year. Maybe you go out with them once a month. You're really tight friends with them. In fact, you could even say that, that you love them. They're like family. This is a story of Martha and Mary and Lazarus. Jesus must have stayed there many, many times. Remember, Jesus didn't really have a home after he left his home. And so this was one place in Bethany that he hung out a lot when he needed to rest. In fact, John 11 tells us that Jesus loved Martha, and he loved Mary, and he loved Lazarus. They were tight, okay? They were like family. So that's why when Jesus is not in Bethany, he's out with his disciples during the work that God has called him to do. Word comes to him and says, Lazarus is sick. Martha and Mary send a message. Quick, get Jesus. Tell him to come back to Bethany. Because we know that Jesus has the power to heal him. He's been healing a lot of people already. And surely you would think if Jesus got word that his best buddy loved friend, Lazarus is sick, Jesus would run over there and heal him. That was the hope of Mary and Martha for sending the word. Now, if you do the math, the two days that it came and the four days later, even if Jesus had left when he found out the word, he wouldn't have gotten there on time. Okay, he couldn't jump in the car or on the plane and get over there. It took a number of days to get back. But they wanted Jesus to come back to heal him because he believed he had the power to heal. 
by the time Jesus gets there, well, they're having their wait, aren't they? Visitation. Lazarus has died. And there are tears everywhere. Not, not only did Jesus love them, but it must have been a really strong, strong Christian family. There were tears all over the place. In fact, it got to Jesus so much, as you read on in chapter 11, that even Jesus began to weep. Shortest verse in the Bible, right? Jesus wept. Jesus is weeping, reminding us that, you know what, it's okay when, when you go and visit someone who you love and has died and they were friends of yours. Uh, one way to comfort them is, is to weep with them. Well, it took me a long time as a guy to understand that, right? Guys just don't often do that in public. But it's okay. Jesus wept because he loved them and he saw the grief of the people. Jesus, as, as we always try to find words, you know, when you go to a visitation, we're awake. Jesus brings these words of comfort in verse 23 to Martha when he says, Listen, Martha, your brother's going to rise again. Boy, that's good words of hope, right? You're going to rise again. And Martha says, Yeah, yeah, verse 24, I know. That's uh, a final resurrection. Okay, that's where her faith is so far. She believes, Old Testament Christians, New Testament Christians believe that there would be a final resurrection. And how does Jesus respond to that? This brings us to that great I am when he says in verses 25 and 26, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. The one who lives and believes in me will never die. Martha, Mary, disciples around him, the crowd, I am the resurrection and the life. I need you to understand who I am. And listen, why is this such a big deal? What Jesus is saying is this. He says, listen, and he's saying this to us this morning as well. The resurrection is more than just a day that we celebrate. Like today, we are celebrating the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said the resurrection is more than that. And it's more than an event that you celebrate. What do you do on Easter? We celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. He said it's more than a day. It's more than an event in which we celebrate Jesus says, Martha, Jesus says to us, listen, I am the resurrection and the life. Martha, the resurrection is standing in front of you right now. Yes, it's, you look forward to the final day of the resurrection, but you need to understand in me, I am the resurrection right now in front of you. It is present today, and the power of the resurrection is before you this very day right now because the resurrection is me. Synonymous, right? I am the resurrection. And then he goes on to say, and some of us need to hear this this morning, I'm not only the resurrection, but also the life. In other words, when you die, not only will your soul live on and you will have life and eternal life, but I, it's also something that we look forward to. But he says, listen, I offer the life right now, present, a reality. And somebody needs to hear this this morning. Jesus is the life today. That means no matter what you're going through in your life, but whatever troubles you're facing, when, when you kind of give up all hope of what, what tomorrow will bring, and you say, I can't face tomorrow. And you can't wait for the day when Jesus returns and just say, okay, finally I'll be released from whatever pain that I've experienced in my life. <clears throat> Jesus says, listen, you don't have to wait till I come again. I'm the life right now. And if you're going through stuff in your life that's tearing you to pieces, tearing your relationships apart, 
where you don't feel like getting up in the morning and your life is just kind of tanked. Jesus says, listen, this is what the resurrection and the life is, who I am is about. I can give you life right now. Community Church is all about a church, our vision statement. Who knows it? Lives transformed by Christ. You don't have to wait until you die and go to heaven to have your life transformed. You could life can be transformed today. We have testimony upon testimony upon testimony of individuals whose lives have been transformed. In fact, anyone who's a Christian here this morning, your life has been transformed. And you can have that life right now. I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though he dies. The one who lives and believes in me will never die. I'm the resurrection and I'm the life. Okay, now Jesus has the message brought. This is who I am. Never forget it. I am who I claim to be. That being said, let's talk a moment about life and death. Some of you, uh, well, you haven't met Benjamin Franklin. You've only met him in the pages. But he was the one that gave this uh, famous quote of there are only two certain things in life, right? Taxes and death. Well, we're getting close to April 15, 8, 16, whatever it is this year. Let me tell you something. If you're a Christian, you pay your taxes. If you're a Christian, you don't try to hide from the government what you owe them. Mm -mm. You pay what you owe. That's the society and the community we live in, and that's what God requires of us. So I'm hoping you're taking care of your taxes. It's part of our, part of our Christian walk that, that we do. But there's something else that's coming that you've got to prepare for, just like you had to prepare your taxes or have someone prepare them for you. He says, not only are taxes a sure thing, but death is a sure thing. True or false, you're going to die. Any, anybody else agree with that? I sure don't want to talk about death. That's a morbid subject. That's, that's not all. You have to talk about it. Because the reality is, whether you're young or whether you're old, you are going to die, and I'm going to die, and we don't know what day it is. You could die today. You could die tomorrow. We just don't know. But what we do know, just as with taxes, your death will come. Uh, some of you have heard of Job. Um, so first, let's go back to this. Talks about death and dying. He said, it's better to go to the house of mourning than to the house of feasting. Why? Because death is your destiny. And you better take it to heart. Sometimes, when you go to the funeral home, when you go to the cemetery... When a loved one dies, it, it, it makes us all reflect on it's going to happen to me. In the same way, in, in Hebrews 9, he says, listen, you're destined to die once and face the judgment. Okay? You're going to die. And there's stuff that happens when you die. And there's consequences in your life and death afterwards. The big question of the morning is going to be, is there life after death? This is, this is the big thing I want to get at today. Is there life after death? Was there life after death for Lazarus? Was there life after death for Jesus? Is there life after death for people like you and me? Is there life after death? The book of Job, it's, it's just a gripping story. Thought about it a little bit while Julia was speaking. Uh, she didn't have the boils and stuff that Joel had, the, the disease, but boy, he was, he was hurting. He didn't give up his hope in God either. And, uh, in fact, it got so bad for him. This is kind of what happens, and we all have this. Will you question your faith? 
Where Job actually says in Job 14, verse 14, he says, if a man dies, will he live again? Because I'm pretty sure this is going to take my life. At least that's what the doctor said. It's going to take my life. And it makes me now question what I believe. Is there really life after death? The Greek philosophers talked a lot about living and dying. In fact, that was one of their biggest subjects. And some of Socrates' friends that went to him one day and asked, will a person live again once they die? Now, this is going on, of course, during the intertestamentary period, right? Before the New Testament began. It's, if a man lives again, will he die? And what does he say? Anybody know the answer? Well, I hope so. The Greeks believed, the philosophers believed in, in, in the soul's immorality. I hope so, but he says, you know, when it comes right down to it, we really don't know. What kind of hope is that? When it comes right down to it, we really don't know. Let me share with you three schools of thought regarding life and death. Now, these are the three biggest schools. There are others, but this kind of puts it all together to help us understand and what Jesus wants us to believe regarding life after death. There's first what's called eternal oblivion theory. Anybody else hear of that before? Eternal ob oblivion theory. It's, it's really a, a, an understanding of non-existence. So what that simply means, there are probably, boy, I would dare say a majority of people in the world who believe that you only live once. What is that, Y-O-L-O, -Y is it YOLO? Many people believe this is the only life you have. Live it up, eat, drink, and be merry, Ecclesiastes says, for tomorrow we die, and once you die, it's over. Your body is dead, never to rise again. Your soul is dead, never to come to life again. Eternal oblivion, non-existence. I, I meet people still. If that subject comes up, like often at a funeral home, this and that, they'll just say, oh, too bad. I have no hope. They go to a funeral home, and they're, and they're weeping and, and, and angry with God and all this stuff. It's because they have no hope of what happens after death. Eternal oblivion says, non-existence. We live, we die, it's all over. Enjoy and get out of life like what you can right now, because once you die, it's all over. Another belief is what's recognized among the Hindus, uh, the Buddhist, New Age movement. Now, the word you've heard before is reincarnation. In fact, there are some people who teach Jesus that it wasn't resurrected, that he never really died. Or if he did, he was reincarnated. Reincarnation is simply a belief that says, listen, yes, your body does die. And when your body dies, your body never comes back to life again. It's over and done. Put in the grave, it stays there forever. But those who, who believe in reincarnation say... Your soul lives on. They got that part right, except that part wrong, because what they believe is, is that soul will go into another body. It doesn't have to be a human body. It could be into the body of an animal. Uh, one of our staff members just got a new dog, right? And it was in their office the other day. And a lab? Is that a, a lab? Beautiful, beautiful dog. But laying there on its back with all of its paws like this. And I'm thinking, boy, if I believed in reincarnation, this is not the body I would want to be in. It was just, there's no life. And, but I told that's the way labs are sometimes, right? There are these gentle kind of dogs. Reincarnation says our, our body is trans transmitted into another body, human or animal. 
And you keep living on and on and on. That buddy dies, you go into the next one. That buddy dies, you go into the next one. You hear people say, I had someone say to me once, well, you know, you're careful about sitting in that cat. It might be your aunt or something. Now, how crazy, I just think, how crazy is that? And I'm sorry if you're here this morning and you believe in reincarnation. I'm just sorry because it's not truth. The third school regarding uh, believing in life after death is found in what the Bible says about life after death. It's what Christianity teaches about life after death. It's about what those who believe in Jesus Christ believe in life after death. It's what Jesus is teaching in John 11 about life after death. Simply stated, after death, our bodies go to the grave. Nobody can argue that really this morning, although you, you can if you would like. When your body dies, it goes to the grave. When our body dies, the soul does not go to the grave with our bodies. Our souls go to live with Jesus in heaven until he comes again. There's the doctrine of the immortality of the soul. The Greeks really got into this a lot, the philosophers. We believe the same, that our souls depart from the body when our body dies. But the soul continues to live on. It doesn't go into another body. It continues to live on. Now, let's make this real practical. When someone says, oh, you're going to be reading the obituary someday, and you're going to read... Pastor Jim died. And someone's going to say, oh, I remember him. Wasn't he our pastor once over here at community? I'm going to die someday. And you're reading this obituary, and you're going to go around saying, Pastor Jim is dead. And I'm here to tell you this morning, don't you believe a word of it. What died? My body died. We are destined to die. The Bible says the soul that sins will die. We are destined to die, our bodies. My soul lives on. Jim Busker's body's in the ground. My soul is with Jesus very much alive. There are just two or three places in Scripture that speak about the immortality of the soul. One of them is in Luke 24, just having passed through Good Friday, where Jesus says to the thief on the cross, what does he say? Today, not when I come again, today you'll be with me in paradise. And the resurrection and the life, thief on the cross, you don't have to wait till the resurrection of the body for you to be with me. You're going to have life that continues after they take your body off the cross. Your soul is going to live with me throughout eternity. But also in Philippians chapter 1, I'll be preaching a message from that in, in about two or three weeks where Paul says, boy, I'm really struggling with what I believe regarding Jesus. I know I have work to be done here yet on earth, but man, I want to be with Jesus. So, so whether I'm, I'm living or dying, to, to live is Christ, to die is gain. I just don't know which one. I'm willing to continue to do the work that God has called me to do, but if you gave me the choice, I'd rather go and be with Jesus right now when I die. Okay, my soul lives on. But the good news is, regarding this, not just theory, but truth, is that when our soul goes to live with Jesus and our body goes to the grave, it's not the end. 
This is where some people get off the boat saying it's over. No, no. The Bible tells us when Jesus returns in glory, 1 Thessalonians 4, verses 13 through 18, powerful verses about this. When Jesus returns with a trumpet call, the dead in Christ, lilies represented this morning, dead in Christ are the first to, ra to be raised to meet Jesus in the air. The bodies raised to be with Christ. Now, you don't get the exact same body when that body arises. 1 Corinthians 15 talks about a spiritual body. Jesus had that when he arose from the dead. Remember, Jesus told them, you can't just touch me, and I haven't yet ascended to the Father. They could recognize who Jesus was in the appearances of Jesus after the resurrection. They knew it was Jesus, and yet it was a little bit different. That's the kind of body God has prepared for us when our bodies rise from the dead, that this new glorified body, the kind of body, whatever that word you had that you have, that bronchitis thing, whatever, no more ever again. Nothing ever can happen to your body again. No pain, no suffering, nothing. And you will live throughout eternity in an immortal soul, but now also with that immortal body. 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 through 18, 1 Corinthians 15. This is what the Bible teaches. And this is the message that Jesus was given to Mary and to Martha and to Lazarus, to the disciples, to the crowd. And this is the message that Jesus brings to us this morning. I'm the resurrection and the life. Listen, Martha, disciples, people, he who lives and believes in me will never die. Never die. I need you to believe this. That, that key word throughout this passage, and in fact, through the Gospel of John is, I've got to get you to believe this. Because if you can believe this, you'll understand what Christianity is all about. Right? Paul talks about it in 1 Corinthians 15. If, if, if Christ did not rise, if you do not believe, then everything else you believe is in vain. It's so central to the Christian faith that you believe Jesus Christ rose from the dead. Jesus says this to Martha. <clears throat> and he says, Martha. Notice how it ends with, with a question after he says this. Martha, do you believe this? I've got to get you to believe this, Martha, before I leave this world. Because whether you believe it or not, it's going to really be the thing about you believing in me. Martha says, well, I do believe in the Messiah. Okay, she got that part right. I do believe in the Messiah, but she still wasn't quite getting this resurrection and life thing. I kind of want to believe the other, but boy, Jesus, I have some doubts. I know you're the Messiah, but not so sure how you're explaining the resurrection and the life. And Jesus says, listen, I've got to get her to believe this. I've got to get the disciples in the crowd and Christians throughout the ages to believe this, that I am who I claim to be. And so he kind of says to Martha something like this, Martha, I am who I say that I am, I am what I claim to be. And to get your belief, I'm going to show you. And the way I'm going to show you is I'm going to raise this brother of yours from the dead right in front of your eyes. I will raise him from the dead so that you and the crowd and the disciples and people throughout the ages will understand I am the resurrection and the life. This is why I didn't come to heal him when you asked me to come to heal him. Twice in John 11, he says, because, because this resurrection is going to bring glory to the Father. And that's exactly what happened when Jesus 
called Lazarus' name to come out of the... I thought we were going to sing that today, but we're not singing that one, are we? Out of the grave thing? Oh, he says, come on. I'm the resurrection and the life. Come on out, Lazarus. Death says, oh, no, I'm going to hang on to him. You're not getting him out. He says, oh, yeah, I'm not getting him, am I? Lazarus comes out of the grave. And the reason Jesus did that and the reason Jesus didn't heal him while he was alive was at this point to say, now, now you will believe. And I need you to believe this before I leave this earth. And that's exactly what happened, John 11 tells us. Martha believes. Mary believes. Lazarus surely must have believed it, coming back to life. The disciples believed. You and I as well in the crowd can believe. And we read again, and they gave glory to God. The whole thing about miracles in the Bible, you'll find from the very first miracle of the, the miracle at Cana at the wedding feast, why Jesus did miracles. Usually there's a tagline like there is at the first one, so that they could give glory to God. And Jesus is glorifying God. The people are glorifying God as well for Lazarus being raised from the dead. <clears throat> Today we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The one who claimed to be, I am the resurrection and the life. <clears throat> he came, he lived, he died, he conquered. He arose, he conquered death. Death, oh, if death could just hold him, if Satan could just hold him and keep Jesus from rising from the dead, Satan would win. <laughs> he tried, surely he had to try hard to hold him. But Acts 2 tells us God raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is going to come again in this final day of resurrection where the souls of believers and their bodies come back together into this wonderful, crafted, spiritual body that will never die for eternal life. And it should make you this morning ask the question, as Jesus asked Martha, do you believe this? I'm telling you again. You can believe everything else in the world you want about Christianity. But if you do not believe in the resurrection of the dead and the resurrection that, that gives life, everything you believe doesn't matter. The resurrection continues to be the central doctrine of the Christian faith. And so the question is simply this this morning. Do you believe this? He asked it to Martha. Now he's asking you this morning. We're here celebrating, having breakfast, going to the cemetery at 7.30, hearing the message there at the sunrise service, wishing each other happy Easter, happy Easter, happy resurrection. Do you believe this? Do you believe that Jesus is alive? Do you believe he's alive? It's a question you need to answer. I mentioned different times throughout this series of the I am's that, that John's whole intent of, of having those I am's throughout John, in fact, for sharing with us all the miracles of Jesus, including the resurrection. He says it in John 20, verse 31. Say it along with me if you know it. But these things are written that you might believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Christ, and that believing in him, you might have life in his name. Believing 
written that you may believe. Jesus knows the importance of getting us to believe without doubt, with certainty. The resurrection happened. And because it happened, lives can be changed and continue to be changed. But when it comes down to it, it doesn't matter what your parents believed. It doesn't matter what your grandparents believed. It doesn't matter what a best friend that you have believed regarding their resurrection. That's not going to get you into, I am the gateway into heaven. <laughs> You've got to believe it yourself. Your own personal testimony. And some of us sitting here this morning who are in later middle school, high school age, guess what? You're old enough to know. And it's time you go to our youth leaders and say, I need to give my life to Jesus Christ. Because I believe it. It's just not my parents' belief. I know that I'm held accountable to believe it as well. Go to your youth leader and say, it's time that I too say that I believe. I'm here to tell you this morning that I believe I believed for a long time. That he came, that he lived, and that Jesus died. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I'm going to ask it three times, and I want you to respond if you do believe this by saying, I believe, and we're going to increase the volume just a little bit each time. Are you ready? Do you believe this? Say, I believe. I believe. Do you believe this? I believe. Do you believe this? I believe. Oh, isn't that good to say? It's good to be in, in, just in a group of Christians who together believe and affirm the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We say often here, when we even say what we believe in the Apostles' Creed, I believe in the resurrection of the dead. These just aren't blanket statements we make. It's truth from the scriptures that we carry on throughout the ages. Do you believe this? Do you believe this? I do believe, I do believe, I do believe. And maybe there's someone here this morning or listening this morning that you haven't come to that point yet of belief. Do you know what the Bible says as well? Romans 10, verse 9, as Paul is talking about believing in Christ and the need to come to Christ, he says, listen, because you might be saying, boy, is there, is there room for me? Can I come to that point of belief? I don't understand everything yet about Christianity. I read my Bible a little bit, or I maybe never read it at all. But what I'm hearing this morning, how important it is to believe if I want to live everlastingly with a new body and my soul. If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, it's not enough. But if you believe in your heart, what? Central truth. If you believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you too can be saved. Isn't that powerful? That's grace. That's mercy. You too can be saved this very day. You can leave this service. You can walk away from the live stream and you'd say, you know what? Is it really that easy? It's really that easy. It wasn't easy for Jesus. But he made it easy for us. And maybe this morning you need to pray. You need to go to your knees, whoever you are, and just say, Lord, this is the Easter that I'm going to be saved. This Easter. And in the quietness of my home someplace, or if I'm on the, on the car, in the car driving home, or as I turn off the live stream, I'm going to ask you into my heart. Do you think Jesus will come? How many think Jesus will come into someone's heart if they ask? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because these things are written that you and whoever, if you believe, you too can have eternal life. I want you to go home with that assurance this morning. Absolutely sure and convicted that if you die today or tomorrow or in days to come when you die, 
No doubt in your mind where even if you were given the privilege, if I've seen many times of people I've sat by and they died in front of me, they still need to hear that assurance. Death is not the end. (laughs) My soul will go to be with Jesus. And someday, my soul will be rejoined with this new spiritual transformed body and it will live in eternity with ever more in pain any more of any kind. That's what we have to look forward to. And we await that time with great expectation. All because Jesus said, repeat with me, I am the resurrection and the life. Praise God for this day. And for this day that happened so many years ago. And that we can have that kind of assurance and peace. And living and in dying, there is no fear in death. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you for your word. Thank you for this series that that Jesus gave us through this gospel of John, one of his beloved disciples. And that today, that that we could fully get it when Jesus just stands up to his claim. I am the resurrection and the life. And Father, bring someone into your presence this morning by your grace and, and still for your glory. They can put their, their, their selfish life, their non-existent God in their life aside. And that you could draw them, draw them to yourself. And that they too could join the few, the few Christians who believe and have this kind of conviction as they live and as they, Father, bring one more person, one more person into this kind of saving faith so that you can receive the glory. In Jesus' name, everyone say, amen.